Welcome into Four Down Territory. I'm Kyle Madsen, the managing editor of Niners Wire at the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me, as always, is the managing editor of Touchdown Wire, Doug Farrar. And Doug, I, I love doing this show with you every week. I, I really do look forward to it. It's a great way to start. It's a great way to start my week. But we've not gotten to do one in the regular season yet. And buddy, we are here. It is yeah. the week the regular season starts. We get to talk about the regular season. Dude, I'm fired up. I'm so excited to do this show today. We have so many subjects that we can't even talk about the absolutely insane quarterback performances in week one of college football. <laughs> man, man. Well, that's a whole different show. I did an article on that this morning. Monday. Morning. I wasn't I wasn't out on Colorado, but I was definitely a little skeptical. I'm in. They got me. <laughs> I don't, I, yeah, we, did, we did not see this coming. That was pretty wild, but let's let's shift gears back to the NFL here. We can we can do a college show another time, but we're gonna start with with the regular season nearly here. We're gonna try and see if we can get on freezing cold takes. We're gonna see if the old takes exposed Twitter account is gonna come after us for some NFL predictions. So let's start with awards. Who is your NFL's most valuable player for the 2023 season? You know, Kyle, I really tried to think outside the box here. Mm-hmm. Love it. Special revolutionary. Mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes' world and everyone else is just paying rent. Wow, man. Wow. As I saw Mahomes ripped to shreds the ways in which defenses had success <laughs> against him early last season. And then they didn't. Remember when two deep coverage was supposed to be the thing? Yep. Yeah, it was for yep. a while. Yep. Uh, first nine weeks of the 2022 season, he completed 71 of 106 against two deep for 906 yards, 523 air yards, three touchdowns, four interceptions, and a pass rating of 87.2. We tend to the Super Bowl, 94 of 124 against split safeties for 1,249 yards, 752 air yards, six touchdowns, one interception, and a pass rating of 120. Oh, yeah, the thing with the flooding the zones and rush three and drop eight, that was supposed to be the kryptonite. That's the blueprint, right? Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. okay. Oh, yes, it was, sort of. Uh, it did in the first half of the season. He completed 21 of 38 against three or fewer rushers for 330 yards, 146 air yards, one touchdown, three interceptions, pass rating of 60.2. Not These were all uh, courtesy of the good folks at Sports Info Solutions, by the way. Uh, week 10 through the Super Bowl, rush three, drop eight, 21 of 29 for 271 yards, 135 air yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, and a pass rating of 135.8. So, yeah, <laughs> time to find a new blueprint. He's just already the NFL. He's 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 Thanos. I, I don't know what you do. That's the thing about players who become generationally great, like Mahomes is, is you see those adjustments in season. Yeah. It's not, oh, it took him a couple years to figure that out. It's like, nope, you got that for six weeks. That's going to work. And then he's going to figure it out. And he's not just going to figure it out a little. He's going to shatter it. And yeah. now, now as a defense, you're back to square one. Yeah, I, I, I. Well, and real quick, what they did is Andy Reid and his staff, Eric Bieniemy, essentially said, "Okay, if you're going to put eight people in zones, we're just going to extend the zone vertically, and right. or horizontally. They just they, you know, that the old Sid Gilman thing. You know, we have this many feet, and we're just going to force you to defend every inch of it. That's what they did. They yeah. Said, okay, you're gonna you're gonna flood intermediate. We'll go deep." You're, you know, it's like whatever you do, we have an answer. And to do that in season, as you said, is just utterly remarkable. Well, and I think there was a thought process that Patrick Mahomes wasn't going to be willing to take the shorter throws. Eventually, he's going to want to push it downfield, and that's going to fall into the defense's trap. And he just doesn't. Just he's got only the operates the offense of never going broke, taking a profit, which with his yeah. just physical ability is terrifying. But yeah, anyway, uh, I really I wanted to be different. I didn't want to go chalk, but I have to. 
He's him. Yeah. No, Pat, Patrick Mahomes, it, of all the, you just said he's him, of all the people who are that and have been called that in sports lately, it feels like Patrick Mahomes is 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 the closest to actually uh, fulfilling that. that he's the he's him of he's hims. Yeah, that, yeah, thank you. That was very, very eloquent. I'm going to pick Jalen Hurts. I think Jalen Hurts is going to win the MVP. And I don't disagree with anything you said necessarily about, about Patrick Mahomes. And if he wins it, it would not be a surprise. But it feels like Hurts last year just arrived to the party. And this is going to be the year that he stacks a second great year on top of his first one and brings everybody kind of any, any doubters left on Jalen hurts who are like, ah, I still need to see maybe one more year are, are going to be in his camp this year. And I think it starts actually on the defensive side with Philly. I think they're going to regress a little bit. I don't think they're going to have 79 sacks again this year. They're going to be very good. Don't get it twisted. But Jalen hurts last year had eight touchdown passes on 167 second half attempts. Philly was so good. They were just beating the heck out of teams in the first half and packing it up, packing up their passing game in the second half. In the second quarter alone, Jalen Hurts had 154 pass attempts and 11 touchdowns last year. So he was more productive in the second quarter than he was in the second half. And I think a lot of that had to do with Philly just kind of pounding teams into submission over the, over the first couple of quarters and then cruising into the second half. I don't think they're going to be able to do that again this year. And I think that's going to put more of the onus on Jalen Hurts. And everything I've seen from Jalen Hurts says he's going to be able to take that head on and grow with it and produce with more opportunities. So it wouldn't surprise me. Last year, he had two game-winning drives and one fourth-quarter comeback. Like, he didn't he didn't have that narrative on his side. And I think a lot of this is kind of a narrative-based award. So I think Philly's dominance last season was largely credited to their team being loaded top to bottom. We talked a lot about their defense, a lot about their pass rush and A.J. Brown. But in 2023, I think it's going to be more about Hurts since I don't think anything he did last year was necessarily unsustainable, completed nearly 40% of his deep throws. And I think that continues considering how good A.J. Brown is at getting open and then winning uh, contested catches down the field. Devontae Smith, very good receiver down the field. And then in the intermediate areas, you get A.J. Brown again, you get Dallas Goddard. I just think that it's going to be really easy for Philly to draw up a lot of easy throws for him, easy completions. And then you add that into his physical talent and his ability to create outside of the structure of the offense. I think there's a huge year in store for Jalen Hurts. It wouldn't see me surprise me if we see him push 4,000 yards, 30 touchdowns, double digit rushing touchdowns. I think he's going to be your MVP. Yeah. The double digit thing. I mean, and they got Albert O in the trade from the Broncos, which is mm. another one. It's, it's, it's just, it screams how he ripped off another team. again. Yeah, it does for sure. They want to excel in 12 personnel, two tight ends. And they do. I mean, they, I mean, Goddard is a top five tight end as far as I'm concerned. Um, the thing to me that was interesting about the Eagles and it will continue. Um, they were, and, and every, the, the entire offense ran through Hertz literally and figuratively. Mm-hmm. You know, he was such a great, he was a top five red zone rushing threat last year, regardless of position. Yeah. He would have been one of the five best red zone running backs. Yeah. Know, the quarterback thing, but they could run out of 11. They could run out of spread. They could pass out of heavy. And it was all because no matter what you try to do defensively to align yourself against the Eagles, Hertz had an answer for it. So right. there is very much this, I don't want to say the, the Steph Curry sort of, you know, shape shifting morph thing where he can sort of be whatever he needs to be, but there mm-hmm. is that element of it. And it makes him just really fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see if he can take that step forward. Cause I think if he does, it's just another, you know, great quarterback in a, in a league where uh, good quarterback play helps. Let's, yeah. let's talk rookie of the year now, offensive and defensive for you. 
Uh, the Ravens are estimated to have a more wide open passing game with new offensive coordinator Todd Munkin. And the primary reason I see that working is first round receiver Zay Flowers from Boston College. Uh, just watching, because I mean, you, college players especially you have to kind of isolate them from their circumstances, but sometimes it's impossible. Yep. It wasn't just his brilliance as a receiver to all levels of the field, which put me in mind of a young T.Y. Hilton. It was the fact that he was so productive with some really bad quarterback play. Mm-hmm. I mean, yikes. I will always give receivers a bump in my estimation when they have to navigate helium balls and expand their catch radii beyond like any logical instance. And Flowers has already proven that. Now he's got Lamar Jackson throwing in the ball, which is kind of nice. Um, on defense, I'm I'm really I mean, it's a bit of a chalk pick, and then not. And I'm I, if mm-hmm. Will McDonald of the Jets is the defensive rookie of the year, I will not be surprised because. The Jets did what Iowa State didn't, just put him on the edge all the time, guys. He's not a four-eye. He's 240 pounds. Um, But Jalen Carter, the Eagles, uh, you know, he was number one overall on my big board. And the only reason he was available at the ninth pick was the story which broke at the scouting combine like 10 minutes before he was supposed to go to the podium about the involvement in the, the automobile accident and the subsequent pro day, which didn't impress anyone. But in the preseason, he looked exactly like the guy who was demolishing opposing offensive lines in the SEC. He's now in a line that's stacked with talent, talent that includes his college teammates Jordan Davis and Nolan Smith, new defensive coordinator Sean Desire, and a lot of linebacker blitzes in the preseason. And that's interesting because they weren't a blitz-heavy team under Jonathan Yen. I think Desire is going to throw more pressure Mm. schemes, kind of like going from uh, D'Amico Reyes to Steve Wilkes in San Francisco. I think you're going to see more exotic pressure stuff. And uh, that brings in Kobe Dean, another former Georgia teammate. And Carter, to me, has every bit the talent to make the most of all of that. He's the next IDL demolition expert in the Aaron Donald, Chris Jones, Dexter Lawrence, Jeffrey Simmons mold. If he can just keep things straight sort of in his head, so to speak, the talent is all there. So, you know, I, a chalk pit and not, as I said, but based on pure talent, it's tough to go with anyone else. It's pretty rare that a a prospect comes in and there's just a consensus. He's going to be really good day one. That's just a good NFL player the second he steps yeah. on the field. And that's that's where it feels like everybody is with Jalen Carter. Like He's just going to be well, I don't know if an you excellent saw what he did player. Ben game. Cleveland in the Ravens game, but good Lord. Yeah, he's he can <laughs> body same. mover for sure. Yeah. Cleveland uh, weighs like 340 and he just went whoop. Like, yeah, he's like, different level strong. My offensive rookie of the year pick is Falcons running back B. John Robinson. Not only do I think he's going to put up great numbers in Arthur Smith's offense, but I think he's going to headline a, a pretty good Atlanta squad. And that's with all due respect to Drake London and Kyle Pitts, really good players. But I think Desmond Ritter is going to rely on B. John Robinson a lot as a check down option. And given what he can do as a runner, given how his, his speed and his elusiveness and his ability to cut without losing speed and his power, I think he's going to be a really good running back in Arthur Smith's system. But then I think we're going to see a lot of him as a receiver with Desmond Ritter checking the ball down to him, with Arthur Smith getting creative in in how they're going to use two running backs and splitting him out wide, because I, I do think he's capable of, of doing that. And we've seen Arthur Smith do that before with Cordero Patterson. So there is a blueprint to do it with now they have a more talented version of Patterson, I think, in, in Robinson. So uh, in this era where it's do you pay running backs, do you not pay running backs, I think B. John Robinson is going to be kind of the blueprint for what teams are looking for and when they want to pay a running back. I think he's going to provide not only something on the ground, but I think he's going to produce enough in the air that that he's going to be the the poster child for, look, this is what running backs need to do to get paid. I think he's going to have the narrative on his side. I think he's going to have production on his side. And I think that's a pretty good formula to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. 
the D on, on defense, part of me wanted to pick your guy, Trey Tomlinson from the Rams who they, they list him at five, nine, a buck 80. I'm not buying that, but my only concern there like is Antoine Winfield senior. He is actually just existentially five inches taller and 30 pounds heavier than he actually is. So right. Totally. Totally. He lo- plays much, much bigger. Right. But he's not projected to start and to win defensive rookie of the year as a cornerback is, is tough. Like you need to put up a ton of stats. So I just, I I'm going to take a step away from that, but I'm going to well, go with Kyle, Will. I think you and I are the Rams starting cornerbacks this Sunday. So Good. yeah, no, we are. I'll see you at practice on Wednesday. Yep. So, <laughs> so uh, I, I think it's going to be tough for him to win defensive rookie of the year. Uh, I'm just going to go chalk and take Will Anderson from Houston. And this is more, uh, I'm a really firm believer in D'Amico Ryans and that he's going to have that defense headed the right direction pretty quickly out the gate. And I think it's going to start with Anderson off the edge. Uh, he didn't play a ton in the preseason. He played 25 snaps. He had 15 pass rushing snaps. He did turn his lone pressure into a sack against Miami. And he may not be that traditional like 4-3 defensive end, but Ryan's has some experience around smaller edge rushers who have been productive. He was a linebacker's coach with the Niners when D Ford was there and, and a productive player for them when he was on the field. And then Samson Ibukam, who's about the same size as Will Anderson, if not a little smaller, had a career year with the 49ers last year uh, in D'Amico Ryan's defense. So I think we're going to see Will Anderson because of his athleticism. He's obviously going to line up wide and maybe kick out a little wider than normal to utilize his speed and his bend off the edge. But I think Ryan's is going to move him around a lot too, where maybe we see him kind of as a stand-up rusher over, over a guard or on the same side as on the same side as another defensive end where they're rushing two guys from the same edge and just trying to take advantage of his athleticism in all these different ways. And with that, I think we're going to see him uh, have a really, really good year on a Texans team that, that might surprise some people. So yeah. uh, I'm, I'm, I'm taking Will Anderson to snag that defensive rookie of the year award. Yeah. They'll win six games. They'll be a tough out. They're like the lions a couple of years ago. I think they're mm. win six games. They're a tough out. Like you get out, you get out of the stadium going, we won. Thank God. Yeah. Um, and the Niners were so good under D'Amico with those overload blitzes, as you intimated. Yeah. You know, three guys on one side and just bring Bosa around. And yeah. yeah. Um, and the thing about Bijan Robinson, by the way, he broke 104 tackles last season for the Texas Longhorns. Yeah, That's man. insane. And he had a touchdown. It was either against Iowa State or Oklahoma State. I'm, I'm running a, a drug of blank, but he ran. And I think of, you know, we've talked about this before, like how running backs can make themselves more valuable. Mm-hmm. I think of Marshall Falk. I think of Le'Veon Bell. I think of Christian McCaffrey as guys who can run legitimate, like Cooper Cup style slot routes. And yep. Robinson did that. I mean, he he mm-hmm. ran a slant for a touchdown last season where I'm like, okay, if you put Cooper Cup, like superimpose Cooper Cup over <laughs> that, you believe it was him. So yeah. yeah, Robinson does have everything it takes to be that guy. Let's talk comeback player of the year. Who do you got? <laughs> Uh, Tua Tagovailoa seems like a sneaky smart pick here. We may not remember how well Tua was dealing with the first half of the 2022 season, but through week 10, he completed 176, 248 for 2265 yards, 18 touchdowns, three interceptions, and a league high pass rating of 118.4. Then in the second half of the season, defenses started pressing the deep targets. Tua began suffering concussion after concussion, often with truly abysmal management by his own team. And things started to spiral that way. Um, I think I think they're aware of what happened schematically against them. And Mike McDaniels has had this whole offseason to sort of figure it out. And to, uh, you know, not a huge deep ball guy, more of a timing and rhythm passer. But I think this offense sets up really well for him. And given everything he went through just physically um, as well as schematically, 
And, you know, I, I think he's a likely choice, although you're, I, and I was, I was kind of like, okay, I'll leave this one if you want it. And you, you said, I'm like, okay, if he even takes the field, he's the guy. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I appreciate that. Against this, yeah, I, I picked Demar Hamlin, and it's just, it's, yeah, that's it. Like, but on, on, like, seriously, it feels like a layup in the same way when Alex Smith came back from the leg injury that nearly cost him his life, and he suited up for Washington. It was like, all right, there's your comeback player of the year, unbelievable. So, you know, there, there's not. There wasn't a story in football last year that mattered more than Demar Hamlin and his recovery has been remarkable. That he's back uh, playing football and doing what he loves is remarkable, and that's awesome for him. So even if he plays five games and contributes only on special teams, he's I, I think going to be the comeback player of the year. It's not you know there's not a ton to break down there, but I I just uh, it it feels like that's gonna that's gonna be the pick. If he has if he has a helmet on week one, yeah. Yeah, if he, yeah, I mean, I, yeah. That, that's a little take. Yeah. Uh, finally, who goes to Super Bowl Fifty Eight, and who wins it? You actually wrote that. It, this question was written down in the Roman numerals. I had to figure that out on the fly. Go me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I where are we at? XL? What? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's getting weird. Um, at a certain point, they're just going to have to go with numbers, like they do with fifty. Uh, no team has repeated as Super Bowl champions, Kyle, since the 0304 Patriots, mm-hmm. and there are all kinds of reasons for that. But I think the Chiefs have a very good chance to do it. They're primarily young team that has improved in so many ways over the last couple seasons, and Mahomes is just—I think—he's about to hit an entirely new level of preposterousness, <laughs> as weird as that seems. I need that on um, a T-shirt. So- this is highly contingent on an early agreement with Chris Jones because that young defense is nowhere nearly as effective without him. But as long as general manager Brett Veach gets that locked up, I don't know who's going to stop them. As to Kansas City's NFC opponent, Kyle, I have your own 49ers ending their recent trend of conference championship losses and getting a rehump this time. They might have beaten the Rams in 2021 if Jimmy Garoppolo hadn't become bad Jimmy in the, as the clock wound down. You, of course, remember that. Typical. And who knows what would have happened had they had a functional quarterback against the Eagles in the NFC Championship game last yeah. season. Uh, I think Brock Purdy and Sam Darnold are great fits for what Kyle Shanahan wants to do. This gives them the opportunity to lose the Chiefs in the Super Bowl again. <laughs> Fun. Uh, of course, this also rests on the contract situation with another crucial defender. Nick Bosa isn't out there sooner than later. All bets are off. I mean, these two, Jones and Bosa, are worth like two to three wins on their own. That's, yeah. You know, that, that yeah. Just that good. But uh, that's that's how I have it. Uh, Kyle, what about you? I I'm I just checked right now. Still no Nick Bosa signing. Yeah. I, I've had the I've had the tweets up. No no news there. It, it should be noted here that before last season, I predicted the Chiefs would beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Did that before the year started. No big deal. So take this prediction with a grain of salt and a fifth of tequila. Here we go. Uh, I think the Eagles and Dolphins are going to play in this year's Super Bowl. I like it. And Philly is still really really good on on both sides of the ball. Their ability to play complementary football is I think unmatched. Their defense getting lit up, they can hang up 40. Their offense bogged down, their defense can hold you to 10. They are just, they're they're so, so good top to bottom on that roster. And, and I think they have the MVP at quarterback. The 49ers obviously right there as well, but I just have questions about the 49ers that I I, I don't have with the Eagles at this point. So uh, I'm also trying really hard not to be a homer, but at the end of the day, this is a league driven by quarterbacks. And for now, I'm trusting future MVP Jalen Hurts to get his team over the hump more than I'm trusting some combination of like Brock Purdy and Sam Darnold to do so for the Niners. Colonel um, Dirty, what do you call him? 
Pernald? Is it Pernald? Par, par, dirt, dirt, dirt. Or whatever. <laughs> uh, with, with, with Miami, it's actually their defense yes. that makes me confident that they're going to make this leap this year. So they're loaded on that side of the ball. It's Christian Watkins. It's Jalen Phillips, who I think is a good player. Jerome Baker, David Long, Bradley Chubb, Xavier Howard, Jalen Ramsey, Javon Holland. I, that's a very, very good defense. And their depth on the defensive line is good, too. And now... They have Vic Fangio as their defensive coordinator with an offense that could really, if if Tua is is healthy, it can hang up 30 points a game. And we saw them hang up 31 in Buffalo last year with Skylar Thompson starting at quarterback. I'm a huge believer in Mike McDaniel as a coach. I'm a huge believer in, in the Dolphins in this offense. And if Miami's Miami's defense, which I believe ranked 24th in points allowed last year, and, and they were 18th in yards, if they can, I think this is very easily a top 10 unit. And if you have a top 10 defense with with what I think this offense is going to be, they're going to be really, really hard to beat. So every year there's that kind of weird surprise team that makes a run, and I think it's going to be Miami. Yeah, I I just – the only thing I don't know about – I mean, I guess Cam Smith can start. Rams is going to be out until December. So that that's mm, – That's right, uh, yeah. That, and you would love to see him, you know, a full season in, in Vic's defense because – yeah. Vic is, uh, you know, we're all excited about that. But, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, if the Dolphins make the Super Bowl, it wouldn't surprise me. I think I kind of feel like with the Bills, it's going to be a bit of a backslide. I, hmm. it, that's that's a whole, like, different Fordon territory topic. The, the yeah. NFC East, like, who wins it? Yeah. Because I think everyone but the Patriots have a real shot. Yeah, this is, this is one of those weird years where I, I think Kansas City is the definite favorite in the AFC just because of Patrick Mahomes. But if you told me that either Cincinnati or but I, I'm with you on Buffalo, but if if you came from the future and went, yeah, hey, Buffalo put it all together and went 14 and three and was just a buzzsaw, like I'm not going to I'm not going to be stunned. Yeah. And then there's there's a team like Miami and then in the NFC, it feels like the NFC is wide open. I, I, I genuinely I don't I don't there's no one team that I feel really good about. Like, yeah, that team is for sure my Super Bowl pick. But I think I think Eagles and Dolphins is 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 a fun one, at least. Well, I just, you know, I look for great schematic matchups. Styles make mm-hmm. fights. Uh, I think Eagles and Dolphins, that would be quite something on uh, all It'd sides. It'd be super fun. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Well, hey, next time we do this, we'll have real football games to talk about. Woohoo! Actual regular season football. So stoked. Thank you, everybody who watched throughout the offseason. Super excited to get into this regular season with, with you, the viewer, and with you, Doug. Uh, appreciate everybody for watching. For uh, Doug Farrar, I'm Kyle Madsen. It's Ford on Territory. See you next week. Thanks, everyone.